Hey, what's up? Hi, uh, I'm David. If I haven't met you yet, I'd love to, to meet you. Welcome to Challenge. I'm the director around here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm just glad that you've chosen to make this a part of your Tuesday night tonight. It's really great to see you all here. And welcome to the Arts Building. Uh, isn't this a wonderful little room that we have here? Uh, we really, I, I don't know, I feel really cozy, really at home in, in these rooms. So uh, welcome here, I guess, if this is your first time uh, to this building. And uh, we are starting, we have already started a series. And this is a thing that we do in Challenge. We go through series of, of messages that center on certain themes that are applicable to you as a college student, as a person who is hopefully seeking to make one step after another in your relationship with God or in your spiritual journey. And so once again, I'm glad you're here. You've come to the right place for that. And this series that we've been going through, the first five weeks of school, we are devoting to Designed. Once again, we got that special, that very cool uh, red and purple cover you have there. You have that, the whatever, the little handout. And so we have a pen for you if you'd like to take any notes. Uh, if you don't, I'm not offended. It's cool. Whatever. You can do whatever you want. But uh, we're going through this design series to, to look at what, what does the Bible say about what we're designed for, what we're made for as humanity, as people made in the image of God, like we talked about last week. As, as people, as we understand that we have purpose on planet Earth that God has put for you, to achieve for his glory. And so I wanna talk all about those things. And tonight we are continuing that trend, that series. And so from the very beginning of the Bible, uh, it shares the true story about how God brought mankind into existence, right? Starting with Adam and in chapter two of the Bible, it says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone, for a person to be alone. See, he had made all these different things. And even throughout that first chapter, it says that God saw that it was good. He made this over here and he saw that it was good. And he made this other thing and he saw that it was good. And, and this, in, in verse 18 of chapter two, this is the first instance. The loneliness of man is the first recorded instance of something being not good. And so God saw this situation that a person, the first person was in and said, oh, this is not good. They need to be in community. And so God brought Adam around all the animals that he'd made. And I'm sure that was cool for a while, maybe. I don't know, maybe that's something that you'd be interested in. I'd be kind of weirded out. <laughs> but, but I'm sure that you can only hang out with like hippos for so long before you run out of things to talk about. <laughs> and so God made woman, which from there established people on the earth, our whole relationship with other human beings outside of beyond herself, right? It's not good for us to be alone. And so in the Bible, we see God form communities of people who are then given directives about how they are to relate to each other. And so tonight, my simple goal is to show you a template for what the Bible has to say about being involved in a community and I think that these principles can help you a ton as you seek to make lasting, deep, and life-giving 
friendships and relationships in college. And so we're going to look at how to live out God's design for you in the context of community. Okay, and so I have these different get this, get that points. And the first of these points is to get together. Get together. There's some blanks if you'd like to write in that. And uh, get together is the first point. Okay, this seems kind of obvious. Uh, we did it, you guys. We're here. Okay, we're together. Eh? We got together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what I mean by this step is that it takes intentionality and wise choices to get involved in a community in college. Here's the big question that each one of us has to answer. Who will you get together with? Who will you get around in college? I see two pitfalls that college students fall into when it comes to getting together with other people. The, the pitfall number one is being a lone wolf, right? We had to get together with other people in the first place. Okay, that's step one. But we, and if you're a, being a lone wolf, then you're not actually seeking that out. And I know that for a lot of us, isolation has sort of become a norm, maybe, since 2020, right? Maybe especially if you were in high school or some other thing during that time. Some of us are still in the process of overcoming the effects of that, that isolation that we experienced. And introversion and social anxiety and insecurity and a host of other things can get in the way of you choosing to relate to pe other people. I get it. I get it because I don't always want to relate to other people either. But it's worth it, okay? You weren't designed to do life alone. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 in the Bible, it says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can some, one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, maybe two can resist them. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. That's found in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12, if you, if you want to know about that. So this is saying, from, straight from God's word, we need other people. We need each other. Okay, and so we need to actually get together with other people. You can't be a lone wolf. And pitfall number two, in keeping with the uh, wolf metaphor, pitfall number two is running with the wrong pack. Okay, I, I just decided to run with that and stick with it. You can be a lone wolf. That's not a good. That's not a good thing to do. Or you can run with the wrong pack. This is also a problem because you need to get together with the right people. Right? There's, other, there's people that you could get together with, that you could hang out with, that you could spend time with, who would actually cause your life more damage, more harm, more destruction than good. The people, this is important, the people you choose to associate with in college will make a huge impact on the rest of your life. Just full stop. The people you choose to associate with in college will make a huge impact on the rest of your life. It's going to make a big impact on the next four years, but it'll also make a big impact on the rest of your life. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise will become wise. 
But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Are you walking with the wise or are you a companion of fools? The Bible is clear. If you hang out with the wrong people, you're going to regret it. And that's part of why I'm so glad that you're here tonight. This, this is a step in the right direction toward, yes, a safe and loving and accepting community that we have in Challenge. And I'm so blessed to, to lead and to be a part of it. And I'm glad that you are here to experience this with us and to, to have something to belong to like this. You, you belong here, okay? Now, there's just one problem with Challenge. I don't know if you know this. The problem with challenge is that we're not perfect. We're not perfect. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry if I disappointed you. Darn it. Uh, yeah, I know. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. But wait. But wait. Here's the next point. He was joking. <laughs> the next point is that we need to get real. First, we get together with people. Next, get real. Okay? I'm not perfect, okay? And you are not perfect either. So you don't need to pretend that you are. This is something that we like to do in a community of people. We want to present an image of who we are to the people around us so that they'll like us, so that we'll feel included. But no, if you're in a safe, loving space and a community that accepts you for who you are, you don't, need to, you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to pretend that you're perfect because you're not, and I know you're not, and we all know, we can just know that about each other now. Let's, oof, you know, don't, it's okay guys, just relax. <laughs> we're not, we're all in the same boat, okay? One of our values and challenge is to live an open and honest life before others. That's us, live an open and honest life before each other. And if you keep other people at arm's length, then you will not be able to thrive in community the way that God designed you to. Okay, so we need to bring other people in and get real. And I'm sharing this for two reasons. Why do, I need to, why do we need, need to go here and talk about this? First of all, the Bible tells us to do this. Ephesians 4, 25 says, Each of you must put off falsehood. Get rid of the pretenses. Put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So the Bible tells us to do that. But significantly, a second reason why this is worth getting into is because it's hard. Okay? This is a hard thing for us to do. We don't naturally want to expose ourselves to the people around us because of fear. The fear of being hurt. 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When you play hide and seek, do you hide out in the open, just like in a well-lit space where everyone can see you? Or do you hide somewhere deep in the shadows you're trying to get out of where people can see you? See, hiding somewhere hard to find and keeping out of the light, that's okay when you're playing like a children's game, when that's the object of a game. But doing so in your relationships will not lead to the fulfilling connection with other people 
that you're designed for. Walking in the light does mean that it's easier for people to see your faults and your insecurities and your shame. And that's what, that's what makes it so hard. That's what makes it so hard for me as I've experienced this and trying to be vulnerable. A lot of us have been hurt in the past. That happens, those things happen often when we are vulnerable to other people. And sometimes that, yeah, that vulnerability leads to getting hurt. But if you get real with people who will lift you up instead of tearing you down, then you will experience new heights of community that you didn't realize was possible. And so the way that I've seen this play out in my life when I was in college is by sharing what I'm struggling with, with people who care. See, if you got involved in like a life group, they were just talking about that a second ago, Matt and Ellie, these different life groups that we have. I'm gonna get into more of that actually later on in this time, but this is really important. If you get involved in the life group, you can relate to those people personally and authentically. And you don't need to be afraid to ask for prayer as you go through problems or even temptations. Or you can also, you can get someone to disciple you who can help offer advice from God's word or from their experiences as you navigate the difficulties of life. Life is hard. Life is too hard to do it alone. And it's too hard to keep from being vulnerable with people. You have to let people in, the right people in, in order to, for them to help and to be a part of your life with you. James 5, 16 it's not in your notes. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We can experience healing when we get real in an appropriate community setting. And I saw this as a student, when I first got involved in, in a life group and challenge, and that was really when the rubber started to meet the road in how I related to other people and I became willing to be vulnerable with people. And as somebody who is pretty quiet by nature, I really found that to be freeing and the best way for me to experience community with the people in that group. And so that's, I encourage you to be a part of that as well. We have to get together, we have to get real, and thirdly, we have to get committed Get committed. See, a question I have for you is where is, prior where is community on your list of priorities? Where is community on your internal deep list of priorities that you have somewhere within you, your values, right? When things get difficult, how likely are you to skip out on coming to challenge or doing some kind of community thing like this. Listen, I'm all for studying hard for a test, okay? Or picking up some extra hours at work, or even getting some alone time. Okay, I get it. This is all things that like we do. It's okay to, to do those things. <laughs> but I want you to be honest with yourself. Where is community on your internal list of priorities? And is it high enough? Have you chosen to be committed in the ways that God shows us to be in his word. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love 
and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, so when I was a sophomore, that's when I began attending Challenge. I started serving, and, and I noticed an interesting situation when I, when I first started coming around. There were some challenge events that I was interested in, and, and they were interesting to me. And there were other events that were not interesting to me, <laughs> okay? I don't know if you've ever experienced this situation, but is anybody familiar with the Red River Showdown? Does anybody know what it, those three words, the Red River Showdown? Yeah, yeah no, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. During my first semester challenge, they hosted an event purely to watch the Red River Showdown, which is a college football game focused on the rivalry between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns. In Cal we're here, we're in California, what do you, do you care about that? Did I care about that? I, no, I'm sorry, okay? I wasn't, I wasn't in charge of challenge then, and, and I was just a student, I was just confused by this, and I wasn't, that's not really my scene, or maybe any of our scene. Okay, but when I evaluated my priorities at that moment, I realized that even though the nature of that event had nothing to do with my interests, there'd be people there who'd be important, who would be an important part of the community that, that I was interested in getting more involved in. So I went, I had a good time, I related to some people, and I maybe even learned a thing or two about college football. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and so in Hebrews 10, it talks about how we, there's different things that we can do. And the first of these is to stir up one another to love and good works. And so this means like pushing each other and challenging each other to live in a way that honors God together. Another verse you could write down if you want is 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. 2 Timothy 2, 22. And it's, it's Paul the Apostle saying, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And so we can pursue something intentionally pushing each other, doing this along with those, along with the other people of God who are, who are in, this, in the race with us, we're in college together, pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace, the, the good fruit that God wants to produce in your life. We can push each other and, and stir up one another to these things, to love, to good works. Because it's hard to muster up those things on our own. We need each other. And also it says, not neglecting to meet together. It says that in Hebrews 10, not neglecting to meet together. And so this is, you know, meetings like this in ways that we can engage with and get involved in community that are set up specifically for us to, to meet together and to encourage each other and to have a good time together. And so, and so I encourage you to be a part of things like this as it makes sense for you in your walk with God. I encourage you to, to choose, make the choice to commit to being a part of things like this. It's not just some sort of fun thing that, that I cooked up or dreamed up or anything. No, this is a space for us to, to share together, 
to be involved in together in, in order to stir up one another to love and good works, to meet together and encourage one another. It also says that in Hebrews 10. So I encourage you to be faithful, to commit to community in whatever way that God is putting on your heart right now. And so you can make it a priority to come to challenge on Tuesday nights. You could attend a life group every week. You could try to serve. There's different things. These things will lead you toward growth and depth in your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. The fourth of these points that I have is to get right with God. Get right with God. And this is sort of a separate kind of unique point from the others because all these previous goals, getting together, getting real with each other, getting committed to community, they act as a great template for how to relate with other people in any community, right? But they are not the whole picture of what the Bible prescribes for the essence of real community that God has designed for us to be part of. God designed you to first and foremost relate to him. God designed you first and foremost to relate to him. The Bible tells us that while we were still sinners, God sent Jesus to die for us. That means that he took the first step toward relating to you. And if you choose to relate to God, acknowledging your need for him and making Jesus the Lord of your life, if you haven't done that yet, and if you just do, choose to do that, that's when relating to a spiritual community like this one, that's when it gets really good. So I want to encourage you in that. And in Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, it says that we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. By living with Christ as the head, as the Lord of your life, you become connected to the rest of the body of Christ, God's people, as the Bible tells us. We get to experience fellowship together that goes so much deeper than being in the same major or liking the same sports teams, okay? We become a family. He makes us fit together perfectly. We are imperfect people. We are broken people that he has restored to new life in him and he somehow makes us fit together perfectly as we submit to him as our head, as we submit to his design for each one of us. And so... My goal, our goal and, and challenge is to act as a vibrant community of God's people on campus while simultaneously relating to and loving and inviting anybody who has not yet chosen to follow Christ, okay? So if you've not yet made that decision, first of all, you are so incredibly welcome here if nothing else than just to enjoy community with us. And I want to encourage you though, to consider to make that choice, to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Get right with God 
by relating to him in the way that he designed you to so that you can relate to us, so that you, you can relate to his people in the way that he designed you to. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much. You are so good to us. You have designed us for a purpose. You designed us with meaning and intention. And Lord, we thank you now for, for bringing us all here. We are he here, we are together, and it is for a purpose. And I ask that you would put something on each one of our hearts, uniquely, especially, that you've purposed for us to know or to hear or to sense from your spirit, Lord. So I pray that you would put those things on our hearts. I pray that you would draw us into application of these truths, that you would draw us into community, no matter where we're at with this stuff. Lord, I ask that you would draw us together in order to experience that kind of fellowship that you've designed for us to experience. We thank you for that, Lord, and I pray that you would bless the rest of this night, the rest of this week, the rest of this semester, as we choose to get together and to be a part of community as you designed us to be a part of. In Jesus' name, amen.